Welcome to Untangle, the podcast from Meditation Studio. I'm your host, Patricia Karpus. In this series, we introduce you to real people with extraordinary stories and experts who have devoted their lives to teaching and helping others through meditation. In today's episode, I sat down with Derek Flansreich. Derek started Greatest, a health media company just six months after he graduated from Harvard. The company is now five years old and has over 10 million users per month. We explore what inspired him to start the company, what keeps him going, and how he's personally overcome some of the trickier challenges in his life. He shares how meditation and taking time off every six months help him to be a better, calmer, more focused leader. Before we hear from Derek, this podcast is brought to you by Meditation Studio, Apple's pick as one of the 10 best apps of the year. Starting a meditation practice is a great way to kickstart the new year. You can download Meditation Studio in the App Store. If you have questions or suggestions for our podcast or app, email me at patricia at meditationstudioapp.com. Now, here's Derek. Derek, it's so good to have you on Untangle today. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, I'm happy that you're having me here. Yeah. So I'm here at the Greatest offices. And when did you start Greatest? How many years ago? It's been five and a half years. Five and a half years. Yeah. And was it stressful in the beginning? And let's go back now because I know you had surgery when you were very young and you were in a cast for several years and that sort of changed your view of the world Mm -hmm. and inspired you to be into health and wellness and really understand, be more empathetic to how other people feel. So growing up, uh, when I was eight years old, I was cutting a pumpkin and ended up hurting my hand uh, and ended up with my right arm in a cast for four years uh, with three surgeries over four years. That's crazy. um, To basically fix it and everything is fine now. But I'm right-handed, and at an age, you know, 8 through 11, 12, when boys play sports and make friends, I ended up doing neither, (laughs) you know? And instead ended up drinking a lot of Dr. Pepper and becoming the biggest kid in the class. A sugar junkie. That's right. And then, of course, I I grew up in California, and then my parents moved me from California to Miami, I think just to add insult to injury. So now it was... That, you know, the big kid surrounded by all these sexy people with their shirts off. Uh, But I really struggled with it. Look, I think in retrospect, a lot of the lessons that I learned there, I think, are part of what makes me good at my job. And I think also, you know, they really shaped who I am. And I'd like to think in a positive way. But this struggle with health and wellness, this feeling like every time I opened up a magazine or every time I turned on a TV show, every time I searched in Google, the answers were not on my side. That the answers and the information that was being presented to me made me feel worse about myself instead of better. That really stuck with me and made me a very upset. Yeah, well, was it that they were setting the standards at these very unrealistic levels for you? You know, you hear this a lot from women yeah. But I don't hear it as much from men, but I'm imagining that you feel exactly the same way. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I definitely don't try to speak uh, for women, but as me, I definitely think I'm not alone in terms of having this struggle, this struggle between in a world that's typically traditionally depicted as either you're this 
couch potato who doesn't care and doesn't right. move, or you're this perfect, flawless athlete that ever messes up. And I started Greatest in, in no small part because I thought there was an enormous void of a brand and a company that spoke to people in a different way and actually didn't tell people they weren't good enough or tell them what they should look like, but actually like empowered them to just get better and celebrated them when they improved. How do you make that distinction for people? Like what does better mean? Totally. So I was upset about this, like this idea that everything was trying to sell me six pack abs in six weeks and bikini body before beach season, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And that shows were called The Biggest Loser, which is only hilarious if you're, you know, a terrible, like mean-spirited person. My friends started turning to me for help, I think, less because I knew something. I struggled with my weight then, I struggled with my weight today. But actually just that I was saying it, the voice that I was sharing it in was something that really resonated with them. What really struck me was that I was helping my friends changing their lives in some cases just because for the first time they're hearing about how to think and shape their mindset around health from a friend who was a little further along, not a boot camp instructor, not a famous celebrity. And so this was a different voice and it dawned on me more and more that there was a major shift happening in health. I think that that shift is reflected best not in the fact that every single piece of content we write is cited by a scientific study and approved by multiple experts if it needs it, but it's actually best reflected in the voice because we think that's the most important part about this space is having a brand manifested through a voice that's actually on your side. Yeah. And that is something that I think is still frankly profoundly missing in a world that is so personal and private and frankly so important and exponentially increasing in importance. The fact that there's not enough of these voices out there, I think is a real shame. So obviously that's why I started Greatest, but it was really a personal passion. Like I am lucky enough to work every day on a business that's spreading the message that I believe is my life mission. Mm -hmm. And if I was to, you know, what does Greatest do? So Greatest is a media company. We write about fitness and health and wellness and sort of everything that fits into living a healthy-ish life. Mm -hmm. And I think that this idea of healthy-ish is really important, right? Healthy-ish. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're not a purist. You're not perfect, right. but you're just trying to be healthy most of the time. Yeah. I think, frankly, that's the solution. There's a world of extremes, but I like feel very extremely about not being extreme mm -hmm. because this the only thing I've truly seen succeed for myself and most of the other people that I've met is finding things that are good for you that you actually enjoy doing. Right. So the key is finding things you enjoy that you end up sticking with them and that you frankly justify in your life because they, they're adding value in a way that isn't tied, I think again, to like makes me look good in the mirror. I think very few people genuinely want to look great in the mirror when they, what they really want to is be confident in their own skin, feel sexy, which is very different than look sexy as compared to, mm -hmm. you know, somebody on TV or somebody in a magazine. I, frankly, I think it's the most important message. And why I continue to do meditation was because I saw it make me a better person and I saw it make me better at, at work. Mm -hmm. And those two things are very important to me. 
And so when I, and when I don't meditate, I feel it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And yeah. so then it becomes something I genuinely want to do, not something yeah. I'm doing because I heard it was good for me. And when I cross that, right. you know, I haven't stopped. Right. Well, let me go back to when your friends were um, kind of validating this concept that you were beginning to percolate. Yeah. What was it exactly? Was it this concept of, I want people to know that being healthy can mean different things for different people and there's not one way to be healthy and one way to be sexy and one way to be beautiful? Was it sort of that concept that you felt was missing? How would you articulate that? Yeah, and you know, I think I was doing it even, you know, into like starting in high school and even late into middle school, I was starting to help people. Um, Wow. You know, and I'm, but I'm not a, I'm not an expert, right? right? I don't pretend to be. But I think the probably, frankly, the way I would describe it is it's almost like giving people permission to be healthy in the way they want to be. But that sort of assumes they know what that means for themselves. I think it is almost about saying you can find out what that means to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, this stuff I'd say is, is surprisingly more accessible yep. and kind of user friendly, I think, often and increasingly than people think. And there's a much more overwhelming scientific consensus mm-hmm. around a lot of the issues that people think are controversial in this space. I really like what you're saying because I think. You know, people talk about meditation, and I love meditation, but I think it's not about meditation. It's about being more thoughtful, mindful, aware of the actions that you are taking, whether yeah. in relationship with others or with yourself, so that you are responding in a way that you want to live your life. And yes. that leads you to potentially being more healthy-ish because you're making choices that aren't based on you know autopilot reactions or you know just behaviors that you've done over and over again and and you're always like kicking yourself that you did this or you did that i think i struggle to know quite what i need and what i want in my role a lot of my role is about or at least the way i sometimes have perceived it is sort of serving others and it's about presenting something that I think other people want to see, right? As opposed to just being myself, which frankly I think is usually what people want. But it's hard for me to clue into what exactly that is, and I've been working on it a lot. How do you work on it? Well, I think meditation is a big part of that, you know? And so I'll, you know, I will meditate on it. Um, I will work with a therapist. I'll journal about it, you know? I go on a vacation every six months for a week where a solo vacation with no email, so I'm totally disconnected. And uh, I always joke it's the best week of work I do. But it's really true, I'm really working on me Mm -hmm. and thinking high level about am I on track as a leader? Are we on track as a company? Mm -hmm. And I come back with such an extreme sort of clear head and focus. That's so cool that you do that because I think a lot of leaders are nervous to take time off and to just unplug. And those that I've spoken to that have actually done even silent retreats mm-hmm. say they have been transformative in terms of yeah. how they work with their teams and their businesses. Totally. And I think even just getting away 
Yeah, changing your perspective if a little. If you think your company can't last a week without you, you're in trouble anyway. You've either got a really troublesome situation and your company's like in trouble, uh, or you think too highly of yourself, you know, <laughs> right? Like I think it's like one or the other. I come back a week later and... Well, let know. me ask you this, uh, this question. You are, you're the thought leader. You're the person that came up with this whole concept of greatest and you're the leader of a team of people and you're your own person. How do you separate what you, your, your vision and, you know, constantly maybe changing vision a little bit with your role as a leader. Is there a way that you, yeah. you kind of manage that process? Well, the, probably the biggest thing for me was when I realized I wasn't my business. Oh, okay. But that took me a good two and a half years. <laughs> oh, right, because you were very young. Was this your first? I mean, out of college, I worked somewhere else for six months before I started this. So basically okay, right out of college. this basically is your first big gig. Oh yeah, this is the longest I've done. This is the longest I've done anything. <laughs> for two and a half years, I didn't take a vacation, yeah. and I thought my job was to work nonstop, truly work nonstop, work the hardest, care the most, and I was so wrong. Two and a half years in, I decided to go on vacation. I went away on my first of these week-long retreats. Uh, I was inspired by Bill Gates. Bill Gates does this, um, where he goes away for a week. Mm -hmm. I read about it. I said, okay, I want to do, do that. It. Uh, I went to a castle in Scotland, which was a dream of mine. There's a lot of castles in Scotland. It's like just a bed and breakfast, but it was one of my dreams. <laughs> I left and I came back and it was like a whole new world for me. I think there's very different types of leaders. I think CEOs comes in all shapes and sizes, <laughs> of course. And for me, knowing that it could be my job to be the calmest person in the room sparked something in me that completely reversed the way I was thinking about what the job and role of a CEO is. But you weren't the calmest person before? I thought my job was to be involved in everything and, yeah. and to do the most and prove it to everyone and um, be the loudest and talk the most. And I think if you were to ask people on my team, they would say, Derek, you know, fires people and is tough and brutal sometimes. But that doesn't mean I'm still not, I'm not mean about it, right? right? I can yeah. be kind and compassionate, honest and clear. And so I think that that, um, this all sort of happened at the same time as, as me starting to realize that when I focused on me, outside of my business, I was much better, the business mm -hmm. did much better. Yeah. And uh, that was huge for me. So much like meditation I saw made an impact for me. Similarly, I saw that when I stopped pretending like the business, that I was the company, yeah. um, it, it, it helped. Well, as it got bigger and bigger, it was hard for the business to be you, right? I mean, well, you're the... Well, unfortunately, I think whenever it does become me is when we do the worst. We really haven't had truly senior leadership until recently, mm -hmm. very recently. Mm -hmm. And I was doing far too much you know, before then, without the people to lead and guide and direct others. And when I'm doing too much, I end up doing everything so-so. And that doesn't help anyone and actually gets in our way. Mm -hmm. My job is basically to get out of the way and not be the reason why this doesn't, you know, succeed. 
Right. And, and so it's so, so weird to actually say my job is, is basically to get out of the, like to butt out. Yeah, yeah. so what is your leadership style now? Do yeah. you, you know, you're hiring better senior people. Like, talk to me about, like, what is your philosophy of leadership at this moment? And I know it's still evolving. Yeah, it definitely is evolving. Mm -hmm. You know, we've met a couple times. My guess is you would not call me someone who's not calm. So I've come a long way, I'd like to think. But it's still a journey, yeah. right? Uh, and... I think I have some strong feelings about leadership. I, I sort of, when I started Greatest, said to someone, I want to build the healthiest company to work for on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that if I'm building the business that's so tied to health, that like the company should be a great place to work. Yes, which is so important. And that's, I think, the most, I think among the most important things of all. The and culture. So, is the culture. So at Greatest, we have very, I, you know, I have this whole thing about you know, we're, we're not a top-down where the editorial interns get the coffee and the CEO tells them what to do, but it's actually flipped the other way. Like, I support and enable everyone to, to succeed above me. You know, we don't, have, we don't have professional reviews. We have something called Tours of Duty, which was adopted from LinkedIn, which is basically totally tied to professional development. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, we have an open, honest conversation with people every quarter. Are you getting out of this job what you want and need to get to the next step of your career? Mm -hmm. And if we're not, let us know. We'll be clear with you if that next step in your career is with us or not with us. Either way, we'll support you fully as long as you're committed to this. And it's like a really powerful, I think, empowering way of dealing with it. So I do think we built something really special, but I think there's lots of ways mm -hmm. to improve. Um, I think hiring and firing is also a really huge it's part hard. of that, too. That's very hard, too. And then personally, I think, as a leadership style, I'm learning. I think this is, I am such a, this is such a heartfelt, personal, mission, vision-based business. And sometimes I wonder if that's just my job, is to communicate that internally and externally, over-communicate that, and use the true passion that I have for this, I think, extraordinary business that I'm starting to build yeah. to convince the best people to come on board, the best people to partner and work with us. Right, right. Uh, sometimes I think it's almost that simple. Um, and then, you know, I have like 50 meetings back to back and I wonder right. what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> and you want to change that because we started this conversation yeah. before we turned on the recorder yeah. saying less meetings, more focus, and I also think different people are built to do different things. And I, again, am a very different leader from other people. Not everybody runs a business that they want to turn into a multi-billion dollar yeah. healthy living brand that defines a generation and one day creates fitness theme parks. Like, okay, is that what you want to do? Is that it? Is that it? Is that your brand statement? I mean, I'm being I like a little, that. Right. I no, mean, maybe. I'm being a little <laughs> dramatic, but... But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 my dream is to right, build this business for the next 50 to 100 years of my life and scale with every step and yeah. continue to grow yeah. personally and professionally and the business to grow. I don't know whether that'll happen. Okay. I sure as, sure as heck am, am trying, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, I think we've got a good, good start, yeah. but that's not what everyone leads their business like. And I don't believe it's my place to tell people there's a right or a wrong way to build yeah. a business. But this is not easy. It is extremely hard, both just 
you know, it's like difficult to do day to day, mm -hmm. but it's also like a really intense self-awareness journey. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when I speak to people who are graduating from college and thinking about starting their own thing, first I tell them don't do it. And then I wait for them to tell me I have to, yeah, because I think uh... like I'm kind of broken. I've always started things my whole life. And, and I think, why would you want to do this unless you have, unless you're like literally don't really have any other choice. Right. And, and, it's a tricky thing because people think of startups as sexy and cool. I'm going to start the thing and then I'm going to flip the thing and I'm going to make all this money and then I don't have to work, you know? But I don't know many people who have actually done that and in any remotely successful way who weren't obsessed with what they were doing and like I don't think could have been doing anything else. And so, but that's my bias, right? That's yeah. the way I see it. Yeah, but it was so amazing about you and what you're doing is that you're super passionate about it, you're self-aware, you're working every step of the way to try and be a really impactful leader. Yeah. And so That's you are, am. this is a platform for your personal growth, your personal evolution, yeah. and you get to put everything against trying to be right. the biggest and best health media company, right. but also to have you know, how big can your impact be? How big can your footprint be? And yeah, so and, and you are very me, ambitious in that way too. It sounds selfish a little bit in the sense that, you know, I'm talking about this as like a journey of self-discovery and, and all that. But actually it is, I'm not sure I want to go through all this self-discovery because it's really hard and painful and difficult and, you know, being you know, constantly criticized and seeking that criticism mm -hmm. is something that is, you know, like I, I think I thrive on it, but it's something that is not easy to hear. And the only reason I do it is because I think that's going to better serve me to make the impact that I want to do. That might sound a little twisted when I say that, but I think great things come from doing things differently, yeah. right? Because yeah. if you do things the same as everyone else, then you'll probably end up where everyone else is, which is usually not mm -hmm, mm -hmm. an extremely great success, right? Most people don't end up that way. Yeah. Um, and I also think that it comes through extremely hard work and relentless improvement. It's this idea of hard work, I think, which I believe profoundly, I think has been misinterpreted. I'm very obsessive today about my calendar. Like I'm pretty crazy about it. And I, I've realized that sometimes when I come back from these vacations, I've got thousands of emails, right? Last time I came from a vacation, I had something like 1300 emails. Okay. So, and I sat down the morning after and I got through them all in a couple hours, like an hour and a half. Wow. I have chunks of time on my schedule in which I do emails and I try not to do emails any other time. I have chunks in my time, in my schedule where I'm focused on one category that, you know, let's say it's fundraising or let's say it's, you know, PR or something. Yeah. And so I, I sort of chunk everything now. I've got days in which my internal day is on Tuesday and I meet with everyone one-on-one. -on -one. So the more organized you get, the calmer you can be. Yeah, it turns out that for me, being planning ahead, and being in sort of control of my schedule and being able to do similar tasks back to back tend to work best for me. Yeah. It's those You're little small healthier. things that help me be calmer and better leader and frankly a better partner to my yeah. girlfriend, a better person, you know? And so those things are really 
really, I think, um, important. Well, important. sounds like you've learned over the last five years. A lot. A lot. <laughs> you've created a lot of great habits. And a lot of them are like new habits and routines mm -hmm. that help you to be much more productive and focused. Yeah. So, and I feel like that's what we've heard a lot about today. Yes. Which is so awesome. Including meditation. Including <laughs> meditation. Yay. I love that 10 minutes first thing in the morning. That's, that's right. so great. Thank you so Absolutely. much for this being is fun. on our show. You're the best. Congratulations <laughs> on you. everything that you've accomplished. Thanks so much to Derek for sharing his story. You can check out Greatest at greatest.com. Once again, if you have feedback or suggestions for guests, email us at patricia at meditationstudioapp.com. And don't forget to check out Meditation Studio in the App Store. See you next week.